Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Zandi, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and I'm joined by two of my colleagues, my uh, trusted co-host, Chris Dorides. Chris, good to see you. Good to see you, Mark. Yeah. And we also have Dante, uh, Dante D'Antonio. Uh, Dante is a, a regular on Jobs Friday, and today is Jobs Friday. Uh, how are you doing, Dante? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. This is a, a little later than we normally record the podcast. It is now 5.34 p.m. Eastern time. I've been traveling. I was in New York today, so we were taping this a little early. So I think we're all probably a bit tired, ready for the weekend. Maybe we'll keep this one a little shorter. I know I always promise that. It never ends up that way, but I think you guys will strangle me if we don't keep it to about an hour. So, uh, But a lot of, lot of things to talk about uh, today. Jobs Friday. So um, uh, any, any words of wisdom, Chris, before we get rolling here? Anything you wanted to bring up? Not that you oh, have I, to. I'm, I'm just looking forward to hearing how you're going to say this is exactly according to script and nothing changed and your odds of recession have uh, actually improved. But let, let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's roll. Let's roll. You let's... have pinned me. You nailed me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, and I, and I, I am drinking because it is late in the day, my glass of Pinot Noir. So um, forgive me if I uh, take a break every once in a while <laughs> and do that. Um Okay, Dante, let's turn to you first. Uh, you want to give us your sense of the report? What did it say? Sure. I feel like um, this is probably the same thing we've said several times in the last six months, but it was really a report of, I think, mixed messages, right? So I think the, the top line number... Can, can I stop you for one second? Yeah, you can. It, it, has there ever been a report in your lifetime that doesn't have mixed messages? Okay. I'm just asking. There's been, I would say there's ones that are mostly positive or mostly negative. This one seemed more split down the middle. Oh, okay. But I don't think there may be in my lifetime, a half a dozen. Now I need to dig one up. That's yeah. Uh, where, where, where everything is in one direction and says, this is definitively what's going on, but yeah. okay. Well, that's why it makes it so interesting. Sorry. I, 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 no, sorry right. for interrupting. Go ahead. That, you know, the headline number, 263,000 jobs added, was obviously higher than consensus expectations. You know, it was roughly in line with where job gains have been over the last couple of months. Um, we actually saw an upward revision to, to gains last month. So, you know, it was actually higher at 284,000 than it was before. You know, by industry, there was some, some mix there. There was some weakness in transportation and warehousing, some weakness in retail trade. A lot of that is likely seasonal adjustment issues, a lack of, you know, a ramp up in hiring, which, you know, we can get into the details a bit later on, I'm sure. Um, but the weakness, again, sort of for the, you know, several times now in the last couple of months is on the household survey side. Um, you know, the unemployment rate held steady, which is good, but the labor force declined. Um, employment to population ratio declined. Participation rate declined. Uh, employment, as reported by the household survey, declined. So it was pretty much a almost a purely negative story from the household survey. Um, even though there was you know some optimism on on the actual job gain side, and you know sort of that positive as a negative wage gains actually ticked up in the month, which obviously is sort of good news for workers in the short term, but probably not good news in terms of um, you know, potential for a, a soft landing longer term. Um, I think that's the main the main story from the report. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Um, so in the survey of businesses, the so-called payroll survey, 263,000 jobs were created in the month. And uh, that was a, a bit above consensus. Consensus was what? A couple hundred K? About 200,000, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's within spitting distance for these numbers, right? I, I don't know. It was 
Do you consider that to be a big difference, a meaningful difference? No, particularly. I think we, yeah, the expectation has continued to be that job gains will moderate more quickly than they have to this point. And, you know, they seem to be sort of holding up better than expected month after month. Which I don't get. I, I, I really, I mean, if you go back to the beginning of the year, average monthly job growth was double this at least. I mean, it was probably, I think it was closer to 600K. So when I say underlying, I mean, abstracting from the kind of monthly vagaries of the data to take a three month moving average of the data, you know, something like that. And we're half of what we were at the start of the year. So it just feels like it's hard to imagine it would be much fat. I'm not, I'm I, actually, I'd be a little nervous if it was much faster than that. Maybe suggesting the economy is str- going to struggle and go into recession. Just, I don't know. It just feels like we are expecting this thing to happen all of a sudden. Uh, and it's happening. It feels like it's happening. Yeah. It just feels like we're increasingly in a world where I don't know how this can continue to happen where job growth is, you know, two fifty, three hundred thousand a month when labor force growth has been extremely weak in recent months. You know, how do you continue to sustain that level of job growth? Yeah. But even there, I mean, if you you take a, you you know, that, cause that, that's, now that the labor force numbers from the payroll survey, I mean, excuse me, the household survey, and that's a small survey, and it goes up and down all around month to month. I don't read much into the month to month movements, but if you look at year over year on that one, we're creating labor force. Labor force has been growing two two hundred fifty thousand on average per month, and in the last six months, you you know, pretty solid growth. So it doesn't feel like, yeah, labor um, employment's strong. It's slowing. It doesn't feel that much different than labor supply. And that, that'd that be consistent with stable unemployment. The unemployment rate's been stable. I don't think it's changed much. I don't know what for six, nine months. It's probably not changed very much. And the employment to population ratio, which you mentioned for prime age workers, that that actually, that's no longer rising. If anything, that's that's declined, right? So, yes. so that'd be consistent with the idea that you're getting enough labor supply to meet the labor demand. No. Yeah, I think the, the problem is just the, the different story from the two surveys, right? I mean, because in the household survey, you've got labor force declining, but you've also got employment declining. So that's, you know, that's where you get sort of the stable unemployment rate and employment to population ratio that's coming down. But if you put, if you try to compare the two surveys against each other, that's where you get these sort of things that don't seem to fit together quite right, I think. Yeah. And, and so we, I think we talked about this in previous months, but uh, the household employment uh, numbers are they're softer they're much softer right i think household employment employment as measured by the survey of households has effectively gone nowhere since the beginning of the year payroll employment that's slowly rate of monthly increases slowed sharply as we just discussed but still pretty solid 263 still pretty solid do you read anything to that i mean are we should the, these are these surveys will ultimately converge they they never they're not going to gap out forever. They're measuring the same. They're they're trying to measure the same thing, and that's employment in the in the economy. And they will ultimately come back. Do you have a sense of you know which is leading the way here? Is it the weaker household survey or is it the stronger payroll survey? Yeah, in in most cases, I would say look at the payroll survey, ignore the household survey, and you know move on with your day. I think you know. <laughs> Three or four months ago, I saw the divergence and I said, eh, you know, I'm not really worried about that. Let's wait and see what happens. But now the difference is pretty stark. I mean, you mentioned if you look back over the last eight months, right, in four of those eight months, household survey employment has declined, right? The total gain in household survey employment over eight months is 12,000, the total gain, not the average gain. 
Oh, is that right? Well, it's only it's like flat as a pancake. Yeah, and over those yeah. same eight months in the payroll survey, you've added just shy of two point seven million jobs. That's is a, that adjusting for the payroll concept in the household? That's not adjusting for the. If you do adjust for the payroll concept, the gap is I think about one point eight million in terms of jobs that have been created over the last eight months. Either with adjustment or without adjustment, that gap is the biggest that it's been ever in an eight-month period, aside from right? aside from the initial impact of the pandemic when measure were <clears> about. <throat> yeah. yeah, so well, it's historically large. I, I agree. It, it would. It's likely that it'll still start to come back together, um, but it is getting to the point where it's unusually it's an unusually large divergence at this point. Right. I mean, one one. Uh... The theory I've heard is that the, you know, when you're in a turning point for the economy, when things are moving up or down, yeah, uh, the household survey does tends to do a somewhat better job of picking the turn because it is able to capture what's happening with business failures or starts, you know, and the payroll survey, the survey of establishments, businesses can't really do that by construction. Right. So, uh, it, uh, it, it, if the economy it, that would be suggest, it would suggest that the economy is slowing and the payroll survey is just not there yet. It can't capture the fact that businesses are, are failing or scaling back, uh, like the household survey can. Yeah, I, I've seen that same argument. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to hang my hat on. I, I went back and looked at the you know, pre-Great Recession period. So if you look at the eight months leading up to the official start of the Great Recession in December of 2007, the household survey declined in four of the eight months leading up to December 2007, mm -hmm. where the payroll survey you know, essentially didn't decline at all. You know, job growth in the payroll survey was three times as strong as the household survey in those months leading up to the start of the Great Recession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but Again, Dan, Dante, Dante. This time is different. <laughs> and I, would just, I wouldn't hang my hat on that, you know, history repeating itself here, but there is some evidence to show and that Chris really is some getting points... so car sarcastic over there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's the end of the day. It's the yeah, the yeah, day. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, 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 hey, go get a glass of wine, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take an edge off. Yeah. Oh, he's already, the elbows are already being flung Ready around. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. in good fun. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So in your your synopsis, you didn't bring up like wage growth or uh, maybe you mentioned, mentioned it. Did he mentioned. mention wage growth? Did you mention wage growth? Okay, yeah. I missed it. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Okay. And um, there I have one quite more technical question. Of course, this is average hourly earnings. It comes from the payroll survey, survey of businesses. And it doesn't, it's, it can be heavily influenced certainly month to month by mix effects, meaning if you've got a lot of uh, job losses in lower paying industries or occupations, that could push up the measured uh, wage growth. Uh, or conversely, the you know uh, the opposite. Kind of sort of 5% is kind of where it's been since, well, really the beginning of the year that's kind of been hanging there. And that's high. It's not consistent with the Fed's 2 2.5% two inflation target. Did you get a, do you get a sense of this whether this month had anything weird going on with that was there mix effects there or was that do you think that's a real read on what's going on with wage growth I think you could certainly make the argument you know you did have some job losses in in retail which you know is obviously at the lower end of the, the pay spectrum so I mean you could argue that maybe that's a little bit it got a little bit of a boost from mix effects although 
you know, historically when the, the payroll reference week doesn't include the 15th of the month, you get a little bit of a weak read on wage growth. And you know, this was an early reference week. So if anything, you would have thought wage growth would would soften a little bit this month just for you know, sort of timing issue, timing reasons, but it went the other direction. So I think mix could be part of it, but I, I do think it's it's certainly not a positive trend for where we want to see wage growth heading. If you look at the last three months on an annualized basis, it's up to, I think, 5.8%. Um, so that's certainly you know, not the direction we want to be headed. Um, that, you know, if you look at like the three month annualized, that was as soft as 4%, you know, mid-year this year. Um, so it's it's ticked back up in a pretty meaningful way if you sort of if you believe the number and don't think it's just purely a mix effect going on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time today. I've been I was in, in New York uh, meeting with clients, uh, but I what on the train I did look at kind of average hourly earnings growth by industry quickly and not comprehensively, and I couldn't find any industry where it actually accelerated. It didn't it didn't it, wage growth continues to moderate across most industries. Not every industry. I'm trying to think. Construction, interestingly enough, construction wage growth has remained very strong. Hmm. But uh, I didn't notice any acceleration. Did, did you happen to take a look at that? I did no. not. Okay. Right. I mean, it gave me the sense that maybe there's some kind of mix effect going on here that might might be affecting it. Okay. Take a step back. You're, you know, we're, we're in the weeds here, deep into the weeds. Let's just, just step out and I'll bring Chris in in just a second. In the context of this, uh, uh, the need for the job market to cool, for job growth to slow, for labor market slack to start to develop, but the market's been very tight, and for wage growth to moderate sufficiently so that uh, inflation starts to abate, where what do you think about this report? How does it fit into that? kind of discussion debate that because at the that's the bottom line here right at the current point in time how how, how is it how, when you look at it from a 30,000 foot level or go down to a 10,000 foot level how does this feel to you how did this report feel to you but like let me ask you this way uh i'm a stock investor i'm a bond investor you saw what happened the stock market and the bond market kind of sold off uh on um on this and then came back by the end of the day you know, by the end of the day, people said, oh, I'm not really sure of, you know, what was, where do you stand? I mean, were you, would you have been selling stocks, you know, thinking that the Fed would be more aggressive uh, as a result of this report or not? I, I think it's middle of the road to me. I don't think it moves the needle in either direction. It wasn't, it wasn't overly positive in that, you know, this is great news for the Fed, but it also wasn't, you know, the world is, you know, the sky is falling kind of news either. I think it's the middle of the road. Yeah, we need to see improvement, but this is just sort of another month along along the road to that improvement, I think. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, all right, Chris, you're up. So uh, what do you think? Um, where do, Any gaps in Dante's kind of analysis and, and what's your perspective? No, I think he, he covered it uh, nicely. And certainly that the difference between the household and the payroll surveys is something that is interesting. I mean, it's uh, troubling, perhaps. Uh, troubling? Uh, yeah, it gives you some pause. I, I agree. Household survey is small sample. You don't really want to pay it a lot of attention to it, but the trend is is there, right? It's been uh, that gap has been consistent now for a while. So perhaps we are missing something in the payrolls and the uh, the uh, labor market is a bit weaker than what they would suggest. So I worry about a, a bit of a head fake for the Fed, right? If they're really focusing on that payroll number, right, and um, 
not taking into account that it may be misleading, they they could make a misstep. I don't think that's going to happen but next week, two weeks from now. Um, but uh, something to something to consider. The wage. Can I, mean, I ask I think, on that before yeah, you go on ahead. the wage? So, are you saying that uh, it, it feels like the labor market might actually be a little softer than the, the top line payroll employment gain might suggest? The, the household survey because of the weaker household survey. That's what it would. Yeah, if you take it yeah. at face value. Hey, would you view that as a good thing or a bad thing? So if it's, <laughs> it if the Fed uh, believed it, if if that was reality, right? The, the problem is we don't know which one is is yeah. is, is real, right? If yeah. it truly is uh, softening more than yeah. what the payroll surveys would suggest, that would give the Fed cover to not be quite as aggressive, Gross. right? It, it, the, the job it adds credence. Cool yeah, it adds credence to the the soft landing uh, narrative. Right? Narrative. Okay. There's a, there's a okay. chance there. Okay. The, Did you see how I got that out of him, Dante? It took a little bit of work, but I got it. No, out no. Of him. Yeah. The old full discussion. All good. <laughs> but then we go to wages, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There. There you go. Okay. Let's go to wages. And the wages. You're right. Okay. There may be mixed issues here, but um. So maybe the point six percent is is overstating the case but okay you shave it off 0.5 0.4 that's still pretty hot uh oh, yeah. from the fed's perspective right so that would suggest the mar- the labor market is quite tight and the, the wages are still uh, pushing up I, I i did uh take a peek at the atlanta fed uh wage, wage tracker that's still quite positive it's not showing uh it actually had a little bit of a, a tick up and the the uh, labor market maybe maybe continues to be quite strong, which moves in the other direction, would suggest that the Fed has to be even more uh, aggressive here. The Atlanta wage wage tracker, I'm sorry, the Atlanta wage tracker, just for the listener, that tracks the same worker over through time and therefore controls for mix effects. That's right. The mix effects we were just talking about. And and I think the issue there is it's kind of 12 month moving average or something. So you don't pick up you don't pick up near-term movement, so it's hard to get turning points there. But it's still, nonetheless, nonetheless, so right? Yeah, it's nonetheless. Not, and you're saying not, that uh, that that remains strong. The growth in, not, in that tracker yeah, remains strong. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're piecing together. We look at the ECI. It has each of these uh, employment cost index. Yeah, correct. And yeah. Each of these uh, measures has has their own issues, but uh, it does suggest that wage growth remains uh, quite strong. Services, right, continue to. Um, grow here, right? Some of those wage pressures may be increasing there. So, from that standpoint, I worry about the Fed having to uh, be more aggressive to get uh, get inflation down because the wage inflation is creeping up here. Yeah, do you think we're just being impatient that we expect things to turn too quickly? I mean, it feels like we always do this in economic forecasting. That we know something should happen. Everything is suggesting that it should, and therefore it should happen right now. You know, it, it, instead of it, this is going to take time. That this all works over a long period of time. I mean, just take the job growth. I mean, at the beginning of the year, everyone, all businesses were rip roaring, hiring as fast as they could, doing everything they could to retain workers. Of course, that's the Federal Reserve had interest rates at zero, and to turn that ship around. To get HR departments to stop hiring, but then start thinking about, oh, well, even laying off workers, that takes it takes time. And actually to execute on that takes time. And that for that to show up in the data takes time. And we're just expecting too much too fast uh, in terms of 
the data flow that, you know, uh, you know, that 263 a payroll employment gain is about as good as you could expect, you know, given the, the fact that this process only started a few months ago, you know, the, the switch and businesses from going from hiring to saying, okay, I'm not going to hire and I'm even may even begin to lay off. no okay Uh, sure yeah Yeah. these things do take time long variable lags right we've been uh we've been talking about uh the the delays in monetary policy all year um i don't know that and 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 it's right but i don't know that we have the luxury of time right Uh, markets can move all right it's the expectations um if the expectation is that things should be moving faster uh, than they are, then in some sense that is reality. That's the reality that the, the Fed has to cope with, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure we need to move any fat. All we need to see is inflation moderate. <clears throat> and you know, my sense is that inflation will moderate in the near term in the next few months simply as the supply shocks of the pandemic and the Russian invasion fade. You know, energy prices are now flat. They're actually, I don't know if you noticed, but gasoline prices have come down quite considerably. And uh, on a year-over-year basis, we're not going to see some real improvements in the inflation statistics because of just flat ener- flat to down energy prices. Uh, and uh, the supply chains are starting, you know, continue to ease despite what's going on in uh, China and the no COVID policy. And it feels like goods prices are starting to moderate, and we may even see some declines in new vehicle prices here pretty soon. Uh, rank growth is rolled over definitively, and that's going to flow into the uh, measures of how the cost of housing services and the inflation indices by this time next year. So these are all good things that are going to happen with regard to inflation. Do we really need to see, you know, a moderation in wage growth? And, and, and this is key for service price inflation, services, X housing mm-hmm. and energy anytime soon. I mean, we, we're going to see improvements for these other reasons well before the last thing that's going to happen is the, the moderation in wage growth and the moderation in service price inflation. These other things are going to happen before that. So maybe we don't need to see it turn that fast. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. You see don't see it. it. I think uh, you know if we're not seeing inflation, uh, st- wage wage growth here. slowing, Correct. regardless of all these other things, the Fed's going to be on the war path. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it's my take. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it, it may be the case. May very well be the case. Um, Dante, you did say one thing that I, factually I wanted to check, unless I unless I heard it wrong. You said the revisions to the previous employment as uh, gains were upwards. I think on net they were down. On that last, I said last month was up. Two months ago was actually. Oh, okay. I think two months ago, downward revision was actually bigger. So yeah, yeah. it was right. down on that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So you impressed how how close, uh, careful, how much detail I soak in here? Yeah. So the <laughs> small, it was a small net downward. Revision. Yeah, not a huge impact. In, but it's yeah. got to fit with your narrative, right? That's why. You're... <laughs> now right. I'm looking at all the data. I am looking at all the data. Okay. Um, okay. So. Chris, same question to you that I asked Dante. Yeah, ten thousand foot, looking down. You know, how do you feel about this report in the context of this this uh, desire to see the job growth cool off, and the job market to cool off and uh, and uh, take some of the uh, pressure off of inflation? Does this did this report 
change your uh, your thinking around the around that at all? Not really. I, Not really. I think yeah. uh, in terms of the the near term strategy, right? Fifty basis point hike uh, from the Fed. I think that's still in play. I don't think this changes mm -hmm. that uh, materially, right? If it it is uh, moving, in my opinion, here in the wrong direction. But uh, so if they if we continue to see this very robust uh, labor market in terms of job growth and wage growth, particularly, then that certainly does change uh, the strategy going forward. But I think this one report alone doesn't really move the needle all that much. So if you're a stock that investor, a bond investor, you wouldn't have bought or sold, sold today based on this report? No, I don't. No, yeah. I think it was... You don't buy or sell anyway on anything. Uh, you're you're a, I, you're you're like I take my 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 paycheck. I take my savings. I put it in the bank, and it goes where it's supposed to go. And I, I don't even look. Who says that? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. He's the crypto really? guy. Uh, he's day trading on the side. He's isn't day he? trading. There you on the go. Side. There you okay. Go. All right. Farmland. All right. <clears throat> okay. Well, I I'm I'm in your camp, uh, and that is that. Uh, I don't think this kind of this report today uh, signals anything has changed. Uh, you know, the labor market is slowing. Uh, it needs to slow more to be mm -hmm. consistent with uh, kind of inflation that we're all comfortable with in the Fed's inflation target. And uh, if I were king for the day, and I could control the economy with a few dials. I would have rather seen instead of two sixty three, probably one sixty three. I think yeah. something like that. Yep. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so I think that's that's right. But I I don't know that based on this I would jump to the conclusion that the labor market isn't slowing in a consistent way that would be uh, uh, in step with the idea that this the economy can avoid you know that the the economy can avoid much higher interest rates and. To, to quell inflation and and and, um, and avoid an economic downturn, there were a couple of other statistics that I just throw into the mix that I think are important in in this discussion around you know uh, what this all means for inflation and whether the job market's slowing. One is um, hours worked. I don't know if you noticed, but the number of hours worked per week fell uh, down to thirty four point four. And that's now come full circle. That that kind of jumped during the pandemic. It's now back down firmly to where it was pre-pandemic. In fact, in the 10 years leading up to the pandemic, it was pretty rock solid, 34.4, 34.5, 34.3, something like this. So we're, we're now back to where we were. And it's come down pretty considerably in the last few months. And that's a, a leading indicator of job growth because businesses tend to cut hours before they of their workers before they actually... Uh, layoff workers, uh, particularly manufacturing. And I noticed that there was a, I think overtime hours were also down in manufacturing, I believe. I, hope, I think I got that right. So that's one thing I'd point out. And I think that does augur or suggest that we're going to see much, even slower job growth here dead ahead. Also, I'd point out that we saw, Dante, you did mention we lost jobs in retail, I think in transportation distribution. The other sector that lost was temp help. Uh, temp help uh, is also been pretty, it's, you know, it's not declining a lot, but it's declining. It's been declining now for, I don't know, three, four, five, six months. And that's also a leading indicator, right? Because, you know, generally, you know, businesses will cut their temp help 
work before they actually cut their own staff and the people that they employ. And so that's that's starting to come in uh, also. <clears throat> Another indication that we're going to see weaker job growth dead ahead. So, uh, you know, from from my perspective, it, it, you made fun of me, Chris, but I think it's you're right. You nailed me. It, it feels pretty close to the script. script. <laughs> yeah, not, not exactly what I would want if I were king, but it's pretty close to script. It feels like it's pretty close to script. The, the labor market is moderating strong, no doubt. But but moderating, you know, here uh, going forward, all, and all the indicators are that it will continue to moderate, uh, you know, going forward. That we'll get. Well, one thing I do want to say, just because I think it's important to, that we we say it, is you know, we're talking about a weakening job market. We're talking about you know things like more layoffs. We're talking about less wage growth. We're talking about for the person listening to this, they go, what what the heck are you talking about? How can that be good? You know? Oh oh no. You know, it's not, it's not, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that's not sustainable because if you have such strong job growth and start start wage growth, that means inflation is going to be a problem. That means the Fed is going to jack up interest rates. And that means we got a, a recession down the road and nothing's worse for the, uh, the American worker than going into recession. So, it, you know, you need, we need some slowing here so that we avoid a collapse, you know, in the economy. So that's, important to keep in mind you know the, right now the the good news is bad news the you know the kind of the bad news is good news so we're kind of in this weird 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 world that we're in right now um okay anything so, else on the jobs report you want to point out well I, I was gonna challenge you on your on the counterfactual right this is going yeah. according to script yeah what would have have to happen next month to <laughs> cause you a concern right if we if we print another 250k is that... him down now, so he can't change his mind next month. Is that the two fifty? I mean, I think underlying job growth is two fifty k. I mean, okay. I think you know, month to month, I'm not all that worried. Let me put it this way: okay, if we get into say next early next year, February, March, April, and we're still at two fifty k, yeah, that's a problem. Okay, okay. Yep. If we get into February, March, April next year, and we're one hundred fifty k to two hundred k, that I'd say that's okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I, I think we're all going to get very nervous once we, things really slow, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you know, once you're below a hundred and you're like 50, you're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's, the whole psychology is going to shift here. And we're going to say, oh, this, we're going into recession, exactly. right? So, you know, we, we you know, we want a slowing, but we don't want it to go, uh, you know, we, we don't want it to go negative, you know, at least not in a consistent way. But anyway, that would not no monthly number is going to change my mind to a significant degree, but if you know we get in the next spring and we're still two fifty k, I'd say that's a problem, particularly in the context of you know five percent wage growth, you know, uh, uh, and three point seven percent unemployment. If we get there at two fifty k and labor labor supply has improved dramatically for okay. whatever reason, then All I'm right. not as worried about it. But sure. you know, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, so uh, you know. Yeah, but we're getting close to the moment of truth here, you know, uh, on, on all this. Uh, I think we're going to know who's right or wrong uh, on this uh, pretty soon. All right, let's play the game, the statistics game. And I got a lot of good statistics, guys. I got way too many, uh, but uh, yeah, I got a few in my back pocket here. And the game is we each proffer a statistic. The rest of us tries to figure out what that is. The best statistic is one that isn't so easy that, you know, we get it quickly, not so hard that uh, we never get it. And it, it's apropos to 
the topic at hand, the labor market or came out this, this past week. And there's a lot of data that came out this past week, a ton of data. Um, so maybe I'll turn to you first, Chris, uh, what's your statistic? Uh, 2.3%. I know exactly what that is. You I want me to you tell would, you? But it's a good one. It's a good one. It's, it's a good one. Don, I'm going to give Dante a chance and, and Don, I'm going to whisper to Chris. Okay. Yeah, what is it, Dante? Uh, I do not know. I'm going to give you this. Go ahead. I'll Come on, man. You know, this is, you got to know this is better than me. You're a young guy. Look, you got all feet. that hair. Look at the hair on that head. Damn. I, I have spent no hair. I'm doing my hair. So I, How can I, I know that statistic and you not know that statistic. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right. Ready? You want me to tell you? Put you out of your misery? Yeah, do it. All right. It's the personal saving rate. There you got it. Oh, I don't have a bell here. Yeah. No. Here, I'll, hold on. Wait. Do I got one? Oh. Oh, where's mine? I don't. Oh, my my wife keeps moving things around in this room. <laughs> this is the not elsewhere classified room. If we don't know where, did I tell you that before? I probably did. If we don't know, if we don't know where to put whatever it is, and we got whatever it is, all kinds of whatever it is, we put it in this room. Yeah, like I'm this looking is your, at uh, junk drawer. Yeah, I'm looking at you know, dear mom. I hope your Valentine Day was great. <laughs> this is my. This was 20 years ago <laughs> for my daughter. It's like okay, but I oh, like. You can't throw that away. You cannot. No, I, no. Are you kidding me? Oh, I mean, no. there's like zero probability. <laughs> yeah, I've got like I, I don't know what this is all about. I got a uh, a disc drive over here. Yeah, who uses disc? I don't even think I could use a disc drive. Could you? No. If I gave you a disc drive, could you get anything off that disc drive? Probably not. People out there don't even know what a disc drive is. I, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Trying to remember yeah. if I've ever seen one before. That's so funny. Anyway, where was I? Two point three percent. Yeah, two point three percent. So why'd you pick that, Chris? It is uh, very low. It's the second lowest uh, on record. Two thousand five was uh, <clears throat> was a bit lower, um, and it's just an indication that uh, U.S. consumers, yes, they are continuing to spend, but uh, they are having to uh, use more of their income. They they are uh, dipping into their savings. They are going into credit uh, to finance that. Um, that spending that they are doing. So uh, something certainly to watch 2.3, it isn't uh, sustainable over the long run, uh, certainly, um, but um, okay. it does indicate some of the uh, weakness out there. Dante, this is, I'm going to test Chris, the yeah. test. Oh boy. Okay. Chris, what month historically had a lower saving rate than 2.3%? Dante, look, I look, I see Dante's face. He's incredibly impressed. It was 2005, April, I believe. Oh, that's good. I thought it was July. Oh, oh, oh Dante, Dante, you can you it? check that? Can you check that? <laughs> I'm going to say Mark's right and just go with it. Yeah, just go with oh. it. Just go with it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm duly impressed though. That That's very good. Yeah. Okay. So, but Chris, yeah. Uh, how do you view, I mean, on face value, you'd say, Oh, that's a problem. Two point three percent low saving rate. Do you view it as a problem? Not at the moment, because it, yeah. that, that is the saving rate, right? That's how much of income is being set aside uh, going into savings. People have a lot of wealth, a lot of savings uh, still in their back pocket that they're using uh, to support their their um, their spending. So excess savings by our calculations is one point eight trillion, right? So it's not as though uh, consumers are totally tapped. Uh, out here, some of them are, but uh, in terms of the um, the big picture, right? It's just an indication that uh, you know, 
higher prices are stretching uh, those those monthly budgets. But so some something to watch if it continues for a long time, it gets uh, more uh, troublesome because those savings that they do have squirreled away, the wealth they have squirreled away, does start to run out. But um, yeah, not, I mean, not it, an immediate. It, uh, red yeah, flag. I mean, it goes to the excess saving, all that saving built up during the pandemic, right? I think, mm-hmm. and you know, by our estimate. The excess saving peaked in September of 2021 at $2.5 trillion. That's 10% of GDP. That's a boatload of excess saving. And as of uh, October, it's down to $1.8 trillion. So it went from 2.5 to 1.8. It's a $700 billion decline. That, if, I, if the consumers spend that excess saving, it's saving sitting in their checking accounts. That reduces the, the measured saving rate because the measured saving rate is the difference between current income and current spending. So this is uh, they can spend more because of the right. they just drew down this asset their their checking account, right. but it's still one point eight trillion. It's still a lot of cash. Now yeah. you're you know I agree with you for that cash that excess saving that one point eight trillion is sitting in the bank accounts of high income middle income households, n- not in. The, uh, in, uh, in the checking accounts of low-income households, probably the bottom third at this point, I would say, probably yeah. blown through the cash. Uh, but you know, what it, for for uh, for the uh, aggregate economy, painting with a broad brush, abstracting from the differences across income groups, that's still that, that's where the bulk of the sa- the spending occurs. So it would suggest that consumers s- still have firepower here and they can continue to spend in the in the face of pretty high inflation at least for the, for a considerable period would you agree with that yeah at, at, certainly at a, at the macro level at the macro I mean, particularly level those yeah. middle and, in, and high income yeah. i do worry though that you know those lower income households are uh, going along with really on based on credit when those bills start to come due after the holidays and the first quarter if we get that type of slowdown in employment if inflation is not moderating fast enough, you will see delinquency and default rates creeping up here on credit cards and, and personal loans, right? So yeah, totally, right. totally. In the macro view, maybe that's still not quite uh, an event, but um, you're definitely we're definitely going to be feeling it as a as a broader economy. This is you know, whether we go into recession or not formally, you're definitely going to see um, some financial pain out there. Yeah, I uh, 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 that I, that's very much the case, and there, I, in no way do I want to suggest that this isn't going to be this isn't very painful, particularly for the high inflation and uh, particularly for low income households. They're getting crushed by this financially, right. but from a broad macroeconomic perspective, you know, staying out of consumers in the game, spending in aggregate, sufficient to keep us out of recession. Feels like they, there's still a fair amount of of, uh, of firepower, you know, financial firepower out there to allow them to keep on spending, and even for the low income households, in terms of the the credit problems that you described, um, uh, it doesn't. Uh, the numbers aren't big, right? I mean, no, no, it's still relative. like if you like a credit card receivables or unsecured personal loans, they they're up what a couple hundred billion from where they were pre-pandemic, something like that. Yeah, not, not uh, again, Not uh, we're not at crisis levels here. It's not a, a red flag event, but definitely there are some sectors that are, uh, are some segments of the, of the population that are 
under stress and they're going to continue to feel stress for a while here. So, yeah. All right. Dante, what's your statistic of the week? It is 48.4. Oh, is that an ISM? Chris, he's really, really diving right in there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Was it the ISM no, manufacturing? That, that was 49, wasn't it? I thought it was 49.4, but maybe this is one of the components of the ISM. Uh, and I'd say it's the employment, employment yeah. component of the you, ISM. You know me too well. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Very good. Um, you want to explain? Yeah. So you had brought up, you know, some potential future weakness in manufacturing employment, maybe down the road with hours starting to come in. Uh, the employment component for the ISM manufacturing index has been below 55 out of the last seven months. And historically, you know, on a month to month basis, you know, it's pretty volatile compared to employment. But historically, if you get you know, sort of a consistent reading below 50, that's typically consistent with manufacturing employment that's either flat or even declining. Um, so it would certainly be sending a, a red flag that, you know, manufacturing employment could roll over here at some point in the next few months and, and actually start to show some declines. It's been moderating like the rest of the job market, but it's it's held up pretty well up until this point. I've been a little surprised we haven't seen more job already job loss in manufacturing, you know, given the tech layoffs, I guess those though might not show up in manufacturing. They might show in trade. Oh, maybe we're seeing it in the, the Amazon layoffs and the, the trade in, in the, in the transportation and distribution. But I would have thought some tech would have shown up by now, but no, not in that. Here's the other thing I worry about or wonder about or, or worry about in the context of, we need to see a slowing in the job market to cool, cool off inflation, wage wage and price pressures is, could it be the case that we don't see the kind of job losses we typically do in manufacturing and construction? These are rate sensitive sectors of the economy for idiosyncratic pandemic related reasons. So for example, in manufacturing, the vehicle industry has been very depressed because of supply chain issues. Now the supply chain issues are moderating, we're getting more production. And we wanted to see the layoffs in the vehicle and vehicle related industries that we typically do. And therefore we don't get the manufacturing layoffs broadly that, you know, would help cool off the labor market. And in the construction trades, we are, I think we are starting to see job losses on the residential construction, on the single family residential construction side, but maybe we are not going to see the kind of layoffs we typically do. And that is the most rate sensitive sector of the economy because workers are going to go over and work on multifamily projects because there's such demand for rental property. And now we've got the infrastructure exactly. uh, bill legislation kicking into gear. That was a piece of legislation that bipartisan infrastructure legislation that was passed back. When was that? That was probably about a year ago now, wasn't it? And I think that money is starting to get out. It's going to really kick into, into high gear in 23 going into 24. And we, these are things that are idiosyncratic to the period, this current, environment and we don't see those job losses that we typically do in those rate sensitive sectors. And that becomes actually, that's good news is bad news, right? right. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying I want to see layoffs, but we got to see layoffs somewhere if the, if the job market is going to cool off to a, you know, to a meaningful degree. Does, does, does that resonate what I just said? Uh, uh, Dante, Chris, anybody want to respond to that? Yeah, I would agree. The, oh, go ahead. I think there's some reason to think that they hold up better than they have in past cycles. You know, I do think you'll still see employment declines at some point, but they may not decline nearly as, as strongly as they have in, in previous cycles. Yeah. 
Okay, Chris, what are your, did thoughts, you want to say on the, what are your thoughts on the reshoring for building chip factories and yeah, with battery factories and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, if you look at manufacturing construction put in place, so this is actual construction of manufacturing facilities, right? It's it's booming, and it's taken off, and it's got to be in part related to the bringing back of supply chains, the reshoring, as you said. Uh, for reasons of resilience. I mean, companies are very nervous about these long supply chains in the context of the pandemic and all the conflicts with China that are, you know, in, in train here. So, yeah, I think that's, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, something to, something to watch. Okay. That was a good one. Um, I was going to say one other thing. Uh, I can't remember. So, oh, ISM non-manufacturing that comes out next week. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see what that shows. Okay. Um, you want me to give you my statistic? Yeah. Lay it on us. All right. You ready? You ready? Ready. Six million. It's a really uh, good one. Is a Jolts number? Jolts. Job mm -hmm. opening labor turnover survey report. Um, Six million. Dante, you should know this one too. Hires? Hires. Okay, baby. <laughs> He's coming on. He's finally coming on. Oh, it's that was a few days ago. I got a really yeah, big, very, very good. So much stuff just yesterday that I, uh, I, I, had you. I got another. I'm going to do another one though, related in a minute. But six million is the number of hires in the month in the month of. I guess it was the month of October. October. It's one month yeah. lag compared to the um, the uh, jobs report we got today, which is for November. Uh, and that's exactly equal to the number of hires when. This is. This is a good test. Right before the pandemic. Exactly. February of 2020. On the nose. On the nose. So the number of hires has come full circle. It peaked at 6.8 million back in February of this year. And they've come back down to about 6 million. And um, so, you know, hires have, have normalized. And I think that's consistent with the idea that the labor market is, is you know, moderate, is, is normalizing. It's starting to uh, cool off, cool off. Okay, here's the other one. 1.4 million layoffs. Ah, very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. You knew I was going to say that. 1.4. Here's the issue. What was it before the pandemic? Pre-pandemic. One point. So there was 1.4 million layoffs in the month of October. What was it in, you know, the, the months leading up to the pandemic in late 2019, early 2020? Still a little bit higher than that, I assume. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. 1.5, 1.6. No, 1.9. Oh, 1.9. In fact, in February of 2020, if memory, if I've got it, I've got it in my mind's eye, so I might not have it exactly right. I think it had 2 million in February really? of 2020. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the that's where, that's the, that's the difference. That's the key difference between this lay, this mark, this labor market and the labor market, you know, pre pandemic, which was pretty tight. And it goes to, you know, we probably, if we're going to get, cooling off in the labor market sufficient to forestall more aggressive fed hikes and ultimately a recession we need to see a normalization in layoffs uh that that we're still not quite there yet got a ways to go i thought that was pretty interesting i will say the jolts report the job opening labor turnover survey report uh all of the measures in there kind of sort of suggested the labor market is moderating though hires were down layoffs were up a little bit Quits were down. The number of people quitting their jobs was is moderating, 
and the number of unfilled open positions still very high, but coming in. So everything is moving in the right direction. Sticking, as I would say, to script. Sticking to script. <laughs> Sticking to script. A hey. script. Maybe not the script, but a script. A script. Um, okay. So, uh, Chris, <clears throat> what do you think this all means uh, for uh, monetary policies? And so, you know, just a level set and, and the probability of recession. So here we are getting close to the end of the podcast. I, I do want to re- uh, go back and see if your odds of recession have changed or what you're thinking about this, about any of this has changed. But just a level set in our current forecast, we have the Federal Reserve raising the funds rate another half point when they meet, I guess it's next week, quarter point in January when they meet, quarter point in, in March, and that raises the federal funds rate target, the rate, interest rate they control, from just under 4% currently to just under 5% by, I think it's March or April of next year. And then they keep interest rates stable until we go into 2024, and at that point, inflation normalizes and they start... They, Oh geez, there goes my cl- wine glass. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it, it's 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 not an expensive wine glass, uh, so no worries. And I had already drunk my wine, so no big deal. No big deal. No dry cleaning. No dry cleaning. <laughs> yeah, don't tell my wife. Uh, so, uh, so that's the path. We go back to you know the equilibrium funds rate in uh, in twenty four and twenty five. So you got another hike in there in March. That's a uh, yeah. We we put that new. in. Sorry, I should have said that. Yeah, we we did put that in. Was that? Do we have that last month? I don't. I don't know that we did. Yeah. No, so we put it. Uh, we'll put one more in. So you're a little concerned that the inflation doesn't uh, moderate fast enough here. Well, it's more that that's market expectations, and that's what's embedded. And I think that's market expectations, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what investors are. Th- pretty close to what investors are thinking. So that's what's embedded in stock prices and mortgage rates, the value of dollar, that kind of thing. So just, uh, I, you know, I, I think that just to be consistent with market expectations, and I think that's reasonably, that's reasonable. Uh, so we incorporated that, but, uh, and, and so how do you, what, does that sound like a reasonable forecast at this point? Are you, you're, are you expecting even more rate increases? Would you expect no, more I- rate increases? No, I, I expect that's the case. Yeah. Also, because I expect that after that comes the recession, right? So they uh, they won't get a chance to um, to hike further, or what they won't need to to hike further. Do you think? Do you think they'll get to five percent, or or not even get there? The four and three quarter to five. I yeah. think they'll get there. They'll get there. That'll be the last straw, if you will. Yeah. Actually, your forecast is pretty consistent with market expectations, isn't it? I, I think market is the market investors. If you look at futures for Fed funds, they have the rate, the interest rates coming back in in the second half of twenty three, particularly in the early first half of twenty four. I don't know if they're yeah. discounting recession, but they're well, they they are actually they definitely they? are right. They definitely 80, are minus eighty basis points, Mark, on the on the two year ten year spread and the ten three and the ten three. <laughs> so so investors by. That that inversion with short rates rising above long rates and the expectation that are going to be cutting in the second half of next year, first half of twenty four, would be consistent with the idea that bond investors think a recession is coming. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what is the probability of recession in your mind at this point? I'm going to stick with seventy. I'm tempted to go to tempted to go to 75 but i want to see a little bit more data and because why are you tempted to go to 75 Uh, the wage data here makes me 
and the uh, the uh, labor market data we talked about earlier, and the perhaps mixed signals, right? That that may lead to a, a Fed policy error. I see. Okay, but you're sticking to seventy right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving you benefit of the doubt there. Okay. All right. So it's so interesting, uh, Dante. Uh, I can't recall what was your last. You were on. Were you on a month ago for the last jobs number? Two months ago, yeah. Two months ago. So what was your probability of recession two months ago? I think it was 50. It's either 50 or 55. Okay. Yeah. And what is, what is it now? I would say it's 50 now. I would say it's, it's probably unchanged from two months ago. My mood hasn't really changed since then. Oh, but it sounded like you might, if anything, you've become a little more optimistic. No? No. On the margin? I'm neutral. Yeah. I mean, okay. maybe, maybe slightly more optimistic on the margin. So you're, but you said 50, you're at 50%. Yeah. Do you hear that, Chris? Yeah. Does that surprise you? It does. It really does. Mark has brainwashed me. He's gone to the dark side. (laughs) You're for your dark side. side. You are the dark side, but (laughs) compared to your dark side, you're my dark side and I'm your dark side. (laughs) And Dante's definitely gone to the dark side. I'm not sure which dark side he's gone. Is there a light side? Is there a, is there a good side? It's all dark. It's It's all dark. dark. It's all dark. dark. That is interesting. You're sticking with 50. Okay. Dante, you know how, when people do a, like a, a forecast, like a GDP forecast for a calendar year 2023 and then sometimes they show an up arrow and a down arrow mm-hmm. meaning the risks to my forecast is up or down so take your 50 percent. is your arrow up or is your arrow down chris's arrow is down no no it's up, no, up. it's up sorry it's definitely up, up. <laughs> definitely up yeah is your on the probability I, recession is your arrow up or down i would say i'm at 50 but my arrow is up i i, I think there's a, a bigger chance that i raise those odds in the next three months than it is that I bring them down. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So I'm at 50% probability of recession and we're talking about recession in the next, it's through the end of 2023. Yeah. The recession will start an NBER national Bureau of economic research defined recession will start between now and the end of 2023. I might still have 50%. I've not, I haven't changed, but my arrow is down. My arrow is down. I'm, I'm feeling better about this. Yeah. I really am. Oh, Did you see the you inflation know. statistics this week? The core noir piece? does that, you know. Huh? Pinot Noir. Yeah. It's the Pinot Noir? Yeah. A little oh, glass of wine. It's the Pinot Noir talking. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. I probably should have had a whiskey. Then, then, yeah, it, would, then, then it would have gone down to 45%. <laughs> yeah. And the gin and tonic. Uh, yeah. I'm off gin and tonic. I can't, I can't oh, drink okay. more gin and tonics. Uh, done. I'm done with that. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Well, I, I think we know where we stand. Uh, and I, as I said, I think we're getting closer and closer to the moment of truth here. Uh, I think we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, any other thing we want to talk about before we call it a podcast? I, I promised that we were going to keep this to about an hour. Uh, I think we're pretty close to time. Any, any other issues you want to bring up? Dante, anything we missed? No, I would just say you said we need to be patient with the job market. I think I, I would I would prefer to see some some actual moderation here a little bit more quickly in the next couple months to make me happy. So it's moderating. What are you talking yeah. about? You're saying faster moderation. Fast the last four months, 292, 269, 284, 263. That doesn't feel like a whole lot of moderation in the last four months. That just feels like we're 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 stuck there at two seventy or whatever that average is. That just feels uh, like we haven't got a point. Got a point. <laughs> you know, he's he's young, he's impatient. 
And the month before that was five thirty-seven. That's certainly not, you know, that's that was a not. A what good, was it at the beginning of the year, my friend? Well, January is five oh four. There you go. In July okay. it was five thirty-seven again. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know, I I think uh, I uh, I want to start. We we've tried this in the past. Let's try it again. I'd like to solicit to uh, to our listeners if you have questions that you'd like us to answer. You know, something that's really bugging you about the economy, obviously. Fire away uh, and, you know, send us an email. We're all both on Twitter. Are you on Twitter, Dante? I don't, can't remember. No. no. Okay. I guess fewer people, fewer people are on Twitter these days. But if you're still on Twitter, you know, uh, send a DM, you know, uh, and uh, ask a question. And we will uh, address that on the air on our podcast. And, um uh, I, I think other listeners would would value it. So if if you've got a question you would like to ask, please uh, fire away and and we'll uh, we'll take it up at, in future podcasts. Uh, okay, with that we're going to call it uh, a wrap. Thanks everyone. Take care now. <laughs>